Continuation of Chapter 10, page 89 Now you and I have only one adversary, who is Satan the devil, for Satan means adversary. He may use people and circumstances around us, but it is always him behind all our troubles. Our judge is God, who is a just judge. Our advocate hired by the Father to defend us is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is our helper. We are not coming in prayer before an unjust judge, like the widow in the parable Jesus gave, but to our Father who loves us, cares for us, and takes care of us. 1 Peter 5, 7 and Psalm 8, verse 4 When Satan, who is our true adversary, is using men to make our life bitter, like he did for the Hebrews by the hands of the Egyptians, God may bear along with our human adversaries because he's giving them time to repent, for he does not delight even in the death of the wicked. Ezekiel 18, verse 23 he gave the Egyptians many opportunities to repent and let his people go so that they may serve him. Because they were stubborn, God increased the plagues on the land until he had no other choice but to destroy them in order for them to let his people go. So, whatever your problem is, find out what the written word of God says about it and go and present your case before the Lord, who is the judge of the universe. Tell him to avenge you of your adversary according to his written word. You are God's elect and he promised to avenge you. As it is written, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will plead your cause and take vengeance for you. And I will dry up her sea and make her springs dry. Jeremiah 51 verse 36 For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Isaiah 33 verse 22 If it is possible, as far as is in you, being in peace with all men, not avenging yourselves, beloved, but giving place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Romans 12, 18 to 19 Jesus, who is your advocate with the Father, tells you it is his job to avenge you, saying, The Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to appoint to those who mourn in Zion, to give to them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the mantle of praise for the spirit of heaviness, so that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Isaiah 61, 1-3 So do not fear. Be persistent in your prayer, not changing your confession. I tell you that your Father God, who is the judge, will avenge you speedily. For he is not slack or slow concerning his promises, as some count slackness or slowness. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 
The question is, will the Lord Jesus, the Son of Man, who's been anointed by God to avenge you, find faith in you when he comes on the day of vengeance of our God to avenge you of your adversary? Or will you have changed your confessions because it seemed like things were delaying? Luke 18 verse 7 For though he is all-powerful, dwells in you, he can only do things in your life and in the world around you exceedingly and abundantly according to what you are asking him and what you are thinking. Ephesians 3 verse 20 Do not stop asking the same thing and do not stop thinking that he will do it for you according to the counsel of his own will contained in the written word of God. Please read the Bible study on the power of confession. And though it looks like the day of the vengeance of our God is delaying, God tells us, Write the vision or the promise of the Lord, and make it plain upon tables, that he may run who reads it. For the vision or the promise of the Lord is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 to 4. All the heroes of faith listed in Hebrews 11 did not change their confession. They believed and called the things that do not exist as though they do exist. Paul tells us, Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth. Ephesians six thirteen to 14. Do not move or change your confessions. The word of God is the truth and sooner or later your situation will line up with what the written word of God says. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. You need to settle it in your heart that your prayer will be answered according to the written word of God because Jesus told us to pray that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. Psalm 119, and Luke 11 verse 2 God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent or relent over his word. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Numbers 23 verse 19 Of course he will do what he said and make good what he spoke. Therefore, the things which I see right now are temporary. They are all subject to change. But the things which I do not see yet, but by faith you are calling them to exist as though they do exist, will surely be materialized. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 Therefore, do not lose heart in prayer. Keep being persistent over the same problem until you are avenged of your adversary by God. God will do something in your life that eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, and you are numbered among those who love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 to 10 Those who will hear how the Lord has avenged you, their ears will tingle. Jeremiah 19 verse 3 
They'll be utterly astounded as they look among the nations to see if such a testimony like yours has ever happened before. They will not believe you, though you tell them what has happened, for their mind will not be able to fathom it. Habakkuk 1 verse 5 They will all be overcome with great amazement. Mark 5 verse 42 For the Lord promised, saying, do not remember the former things, all your past failures and your past refusals and rejections, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19. So shall it be in your life, in the name of Jesus, Amen. God does not want us to be only persistent in prayer for our own problems, but He expects us also to be persistent in prayer for other people's problems. Christianity is always about helping people, not only about helping ourselves. That is why discipleship is very important, because we not only share the Word of God, but we pray for one another. And if you are strong and persistent in prayer for your own problem, be also strong and persistent in prayer for the people you are discipling or for your discipler. Their victory is your victory and their failure is your failure to some extent because we are all part of the body of Christ. Just like in a human body when the little toe hurts, it is the entire body that is suffering and affected. When the eye has grains of sand in it, it is the whole body that's affected. In the same manner, we need to start genuinely caring for one another, including in prayer. Sometimes I have given up praying for a problem in my life, but because I am discipled and I have disciples, my disciples and my disciples continue to lift me up in prayer. Paul tells us, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any strength or avails anything but faith working through love or by love. Galatians 5 verse 6 Of course we know as Christians the agape love of God was shed abroad in our heart when we became born again. Romans 5 verse 5 we are not talking about a friendship love or a family love. If it were the case, no child would be sick or die of sickness for they have parents who love them. The faith that works by love or through love, that love is the agape love of God. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. John 15 verse 13 as we have already explained that our strong reasoning to receive the answer to our prayers is because Jesus paid for it in full by his death, burial and resurrection, that is why we, who are in Christ, are now entitled to all the promises contained in the Bible. They are now yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 it is the agape love of God that causes our faith to work, not our friendly love nor our family love. We have described the different kinds of loves in the Bible study of the application of the perfect redemption plan in the section of the fruit of the Spirit. 
When you go to a total stranger to pray for him or his child when they are sick, you go there because you are commanded to heal the sick by Jesus. You go there based on the agape love of God that is not partial, a love that does not discriminate. And when you stand there in prayer, you only stand on the written word of God on what Jesus provided through his death, burial and resurrection. Our problem is, when we pray for family members or for ourselves or for our friends, we move from that agape love to a friendly love or family love. And we start saying things like, God heal this person because he's my son, or heal this person because he's my friend. God heal this person because he attends my church. God heal this person because I know he gives his tithe and offering. He's been a blessing to my ministry. God, heal this person because he gives to the poor and widows. We should have stayed in that agape love and say, God, heal this person because by the stripes of Jesus he or she was healed. Learn to pray standing on the word of God and on the finished work of Christ on the cross for yourself, for your family, for your friends and for total strangers. Sometimes we are too close to the problem to stand on the word of God and we start telling God all kinds of things but using the word of God in prayer which is the sword of the spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 17 That is why we need people around us who will be able to keep standing on the written word of God for our problem even if we have given up and our prayers have become complaints and murmuring. I had to discipline myself that even when I have tears in my eyes because of how difficult and challenging my problem is, I stand on the written word of God and remind God what was done at Calvary for my problem. We need one another in prayer so that you pray for me according to the scriptures when I have given up praying for myself according to the scriptures and I do the same for you. Jesus, when he was teaching us to pray in Luke 11, tells us, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Luke 11, 5-8 We see here, Jesus is using that illustration of a friend going to see another friend to lend him three loaves. Not for himself, but for another friend of his, who has come to him from a journey. Jesus started first of all to teach them to ask for their daily bread and prayer, which is their own personal needs and heart desires, saying, Give us day by day our daily bread. Luke 11 verse 3 Now Jesus is telling us, Let not all your prayers be about you and your family, but ask also for God to grant the need and heart desires of someone else. At least start with your friends. It'll not be difficult for you to pray for them. And then ask also for total strangers' heart desires to be granted by God according to the scriptures. 
In those days of Jesus, villages were small communities and everybody knew who was who in those communities. They knew who was rich and who was poor. There was that man in that village everybody knew that he always had bread in abundance, even his servants had bread enough to spare. Luke 15 verse 17 So let's call that friend who was rich Bill. Now Jimmy, who is a friend of Bill, had another friend of his, Jerry, who came to him at midnight from a journey to Glasgow. Jerry was tired and hungry from the long journey as the Megabus coach arrived at midnight in Manchester. Jimmy wanted to show Jerry some hospitality, but he had nothing at home to set before Jerry. So, Jimmy remembered that Bill has always bred in abundance, and even his servants have bred enough and to spare. So Jimmy goes to Bill's at that late hour because he is his friend. And Jimmy started shouting from downstairs, Bill! Bill! Bill said, Who is it at this late hour? And Jimmy answered, It's Jimmy! Bill said to Jimmy, what do you want at this late hour of the night? And Jimmy said, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine, Jerry, in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then Bill answered, For God's sake, Jimmy, do you know what time it is? It's midnight. You know we Jews in the first century only have one big room which has one door and one window. During the day we use it as a living room and a dining room, and then during the night we use it as a bedroom. We put mats on the floor from the door to the window, and we sleep as a family on those mats. The father sleeps by the window, so that if the thief comes at night by the window, he will meet the father first. The mother sleeps by the door, which is more secure than the window, much harder for thieves to break in through the door, and the children sleep between the father who's by the window and the mother who's by the door. So you, Jimmy, asking me to wake up at midnight to give you three loaves, I'll have to step over the children, over my wife, to open the door and give you those loaves. It'll wake my entire family up. Please come back tomorrow, Jimmy, when everybody in my house is awakened. Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you. But Jimmy had purposed in his heart that he would not leave Bill's place until he had gotten his three loaves, and he kept asking from downstairs the same thing over and over. And very soon the children and the wife, who were with him in bed, were also awakened, because Jimmy kept on asking for three loaves downstairs. Initially Bill thought because he told Jimmy no that Jimmy would understand and come back at a decent hour of the day. But Jimmy had a pressing solicitation or urgent request which is the definition of importunity according to the Webster Dictionary so he decided to stand there until Bill opened his door to give him bread. Bill did not rise and give him loaves because Jimmy was his friend, but because Jimmy pressed him to give him bread, and at the end it made him uncomfortable, and he gave him as many loaves as he needed, because he did not want Jimmy to come back in the middle of the night and say it was not enough, give me some more. 
Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needs. People could relate to that story in the first century. Many times people have come to me in great distress with tears in their eyes, asking for my help. It is not truly my help they seek, but they know I can pray to God, who is my friend on their behalf. People have urgent requests and they come to us and we need to also go to God in prayer with their urgent request. Sometimes it is God who wakes me up at midnight or two in the morning to urgently pray for a person I know or for a person I do not even know. Although it is inconvenient for me to wake up in the middle of the night, I do wake up and pray for them because that is what Jesus commands us to do in this example of prayer. I had to learn to pray without opening my eyes or sitting on my bed or opening my Bible. I pray on my bed with my eyes closed for 15 minutes or sometimes one hour or three hours, depending on how many things God shows me about different people. But even when I have prayed for three hours during the night, when I wake up, I am not tired. I have all my energy. God who wakes you up to pray will also supernaturally rest your body. Contrary to Bill, God does not sleep nor slumber. As David says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth, and even for evermore. Psalm 121, 1-8 I remember we always used to confess that Psalm 121 when my parents were travelling and I prayed also for all my friends that go on a journey or come to me from a journey. Our God is not troubled when we come to Him with our pressing solicitation or urgent request. He does not tell us, come tomorrow at a decent hour. He, Jesus, is our friend and He tells us, come unto me, all you who labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. He did not say come only at decent hours of the day because I need to sleep or eat or go to the toilet. Only dungy idols of the Gentiles slumber, sleep, eat and go to the toilet like Elijah was making fun of the prophets of Baal. When their God was not answering their prayers, even at noon to send fire. As it is written, they, the prophets of Baal, took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us! But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god, either he is talking, meditating, babbling, or he is pursuing. He has withdrawn into a private place, he has gone to the toilet, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleeps, and must be awakened. 
1 Kings 18, 26-27 The God of Elijah whom we serve does not go on a journey. He does not need holidays. He is omnipresent. He does not need to go to the toilet for his spirit. And he does not sleep either. So you can always come to him with your pressing solicitations or urgent requests or other people's pressing solicitations or urgent requests and he will answer by fire. Then Jesus continues and tells us, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to he who knocks it shall be opened. Luke eleven nine to 10 Do not just ask for your personal needs or heart desires, but also for other people's personal needs and heart desires. Do not just seek solutions for your own problems, but also for other people's urgent and pressing problems. Do not just knock that doors of opportunities will be opened for you, but also for other people who have been knocking at those same doors that they'll be opened for them too. It is the secret of agape love. Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, you do even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Matthew 7 verse 12 Even in prayer, pray for other people's problems the way you would want them to pray for you, if you were to face similar problems. God who sees in secret will raise people who will pray for you too. It is a principle of sowing and reaping. If you pray for one person, God will not raise only one person to pray for you, but many people.